Hello and welcome to Digital Surfing with Darren Smith, the podcast that dives into digital leaders' success and failures as they ride the wave of a career in digital business. Introducing our host, Darren Smith. Hi, I'm your host, Darren Smith, and every episode I'll be chatting to a special interviewee on what they've learned on their digital journey. Digital transformation and maturity is key to surviving in business today, and many people have a host of stories to tell about the successes and failures of digital projects they've been involved with. Let's go digital surfing. My guest this week is Hadar Sabag, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Monday.com. Hadar is based in Tel Aviv, Israel, and is a marketing, employer branding, media and communications expert and community builder who believes that good stories have the power to move everything forward. In this podcast, we discuss the importance of having a narrative in your marketing, as well as how she uses monday.com instead of email. And uh, welcome to the show. It's so good having you on board today. Thank you. So good to be here. I'm excited. Awesome. Coming to us all the way from Israel, um, where it is considerably warmer than me today in Cape Town. Um, I want to find out, you know, you started writing at the age, early, early age of 12. How did that come about? Yeah, that's actually an interesting story. So I, I was extremely passionate about stories since I can remember. Um, my dad used to take me to the library since I could you know, know how to read. And I was very, very passionate about stories and reading and writing. And um, I got my first, you know, quote unquote job in writing when I was 12. Um, Because back in the days, I wanted to basically read everything that's out there, you know, that suited my age. And the Israeli um, national TV channel had a relatively new website at the time. And they've had all these columns around different topics um, that normally teenagers wrote for them. So it was about, you know, TV shows, um, hobbies, all these kind of things. And I remember reading all of them. Like I remember really going in every day, waiting for a new column to pop up on the screen. And one day I noticed that there isn't a column about movies, about the cinema world. And I was just decided to do something about it. So I wrote them an email, said like, hi, my name is Adar. I write, I read all your columns. I think they're great. Um, but I would really love to read something about movies and, and cinema. Can you please have a column on that as well? And after a few days, I got an email back from them and they said, hey, you know what? It's a, it's a great idea. Why don't you write this column? Um, and they asked me to write a sample and send it to them. And so I did. And that was, I guess, kind of like my job interview. <laughs> but at 12, I got my personal column and I wrote every week on a different movie and shared it with, you know, other Israelis, kids. <laughs> it was very cool. And I did that for actually for five years. So. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so uh, entrepreneur from right in the beginning of, of, of your life. 
<laughs> something like that. Yeah, I guess. And, and and that's not where your kind of production or storytelling ended. I mean, like you went on to kind of be a news news producer on radio and on TV, you know, and and, and then you've ended up in, in marketing. I mean, like th- that like kind of foundation of storytelling from the early age of 12 all the way through and then that formal kind of storytelling and news reporting, like how has that impacted your um, your marketing career? So I think when I when I started to write this column, I was I really understood that writing is something that I'm interested in. And and I I immediately thought about, you know, being a journalist. This like, you know, my this was my dream, what I wanted to do in life. Um, And I started my career as a news producer on the radio and then shifted into TV. And for me, it was always about, you know, finding the right story, finding the right angle of something that even on the news would be interesting for people to hear um, and to learn more. And and also a a really um, cool part of working in the news is to be the first person to know about something when it happens. So that was super exciting for me because I always wanted to like know first before everyone else and then kind of shape the narrative myself and tell that narrative to the world. Um, obviously, when you're a journalist, you have ethics and you need to be objectives. And there are a lot of different things that um, we're not doing that exactly on marketing. But as like while growing up, I, I kind of um, realized that I'm way more attracted to marketing and business than just telling the news. Uh, which is also important and super cool. Uh, but that's where my passion was and still is. And yeah, it's from I think from my end, it's all very much connected, like being a storyteller, telling good stories to the world. So it's from both, you know, marketing and news, it's all connected. I love what you said there about, uh, about you know, defining that narrative. So I suppose that is what marketing is all about. It's about understanding who you're targeting, what's important to them, and then telling them the story that they want to hear. Now, in related to that, I mean, like you did have an experience that you were telling me about before um, on kind of launching uh, Monday's app marketplace, um, where it sounded like there wasn't that narrative in place. What 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 happened in that situation? Yeah, that, that was an interesting story. So like, I think a year ago, um, we've launched an app marketplace and an app framework that allowed basically developers to build apps on top of the money.com platform. And a few months before that, we kind of did a repositioning to Monday as a whole. And we kind of built a new category of software. And now we say that Monday is a work OS. So Monday is a work operating system for companies. And we want to help companies, organizations, teams to build their own workflows and how they work. So we've had that story that Monday is a work OS and the launch of the apps marketplace um, and apps framework was kind of um, the next step to that repositioning. And uh, it was the new addition to the platform after we did that. Um, and yeah, that new new release was uh, under my responsibility, and we needed to find the narrative. We needed to find the story, and it was 
in my very first few months at Monday. And I, you know, I structured all the story, the collaterals, everything around the features, like the functionalities, what the apps are actually doing, what a developer can do with that framework. Um, but then I presented that to our leadership, to our VP of sales, VP of marketing. And, you know, the feedback I got was like, listen, this is great, but it's not really connected to the broader story of Monday. It, like I, we're missing the spark. We're missing the vision. Like, okay, it's a great it's a great thing for developers, but how it connects to, you know, the broader story of Monday as a work OS and what we're trying to tell to the world. Um, and, you know, I got back to my computer, started to like think about this whole thing from scratch. And I was trying to come up with, you know, the right angle to tell a story. And it was during COVID, I was working from home alone <laughs> all day. And I remember trying to think about what a work OS really is. And then I, you know, my phone was right next to me on, on the desk and I have an iPhone. And I was like, wait, work OS, that's like very similar to iOS, right? That's like how phones are built. And and I started to think about this narrative that, you know, Apple built with iOS or Samsung with Android and all these operating system. And I realized it's very, very similar. Um, so the story I've built eventually was very much connected to that analogy of phones. So I built a story that basically tells people and we've trained everyone in the company on that story. We tell people, OK, look. When you think of Monday, it's not just a platform, it's not just a product. Think about it like your phone, right? Your phone has an operating system. It can be an iOS, an Android, whatever. Uh, if like few people in, in one room will pull out you know, their phones, it will be the same hardware, the same product. But when you open the phone, you'll have different apps, right? Every one of us download their own apps. And if you open those apps, you'll have different information, different photos, different text, whatever. So the product is the same. The hardware is the same. We give you the platform, you know, a SaaS platform, but it's still the same. But you can build anything on top of that. And apps are basically doing the same things that you're doing with your phone. So it's um, you can download your app, you can build any app you want. And basically now from just being a platform that is super flexible and customizable, you can actually add to it anything that you can think about it or you dream of. And we give you the infrastructure to do that. And that story of like Monday, think of Monday like you're like you think of your phone just changed the whole story because people were like, oh, yeah, it's it really is like our phones, like it, it makes things a lot more, you know, simple and, and easy to understand. And I think the, the you know, my, the, the proudest moment of me with that story is that I've trained our sales teams um, on that story and everyone really like gave me amazing feedback on, on that angle. And then a few weeks after, I was in a meeting room with Ran Zinman, one of our founders, and he was telling that story to a group of our customers. And I didn't train him on that story. Like I was just, you know, training other people. And I think that's um, the magic of a good story. You find that hook that anyone can connect to and adopt easily. And 
being in that room and listening to, you know, my story being told by one of our founders to a group of our customers and, and seeing, you know, the real impact and seeing that aha moment that people have on, on the other side that they're like, they get it, they actually get it. I think that's the most amazing part of being a marketer and being a storyteller. I think you make so many good points there. Um, you know, if I think of storytelling going back to uh, cavemen time, when, you know, stories would get passed from one generation to the next and, you know, don't eat that type of fruit or don't go around that corner. They're lions. They're going to eat you. You know, those are all stories that get passed around that campfire and nothing annoys me more than when we get a brief from a client that says we want something to go viral. And, you know, actually, if you are developing a really good story, it, it will go viral just because others are going to tell that story. I think that's a great, great example that you've given there. Um, so at, at, at Monday, you, you're kind of focused on the enterprise segment. And it, I suppose it could be argued, you know, selling to and marketing to large businesses is storytelling still as relevant for the enterprise segment? Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, like, I mean, when, when you think about it, Again, it's, it's being able to understand, again, like any marketers, you know, is coming to, to build a story. It's like understanding where they're coming from. What are their pain points? Who are the personas that we're trying to help with our product? Why? Why would they even need us? Uh, what are they using at the moment? And I think that, and I always say that to, to other people who ask me about marketing, like no matter who they are like eventually if you know if it's a b2c if it's a b2b like eventually it's a person on the other side and once you understand that this is a person on the other side and they have pain points and they have desires and they have uh, business outcomes that they're looking for and you're just able to connect to that it's a lot more easier um, to build a story around that and i think like coming from from a large enterprise i used to work at oracle before i joined monday uh, it really helps me to kind of see things from the inside like how you know senior decision makers um executives choose this, you know, different tools that they want to buy for their teams or what are their pain points? How are they dealing with it? And they have, you know, bureaucracies and, you know, legal and a lot of insecurity stuff and a lot of other things that, you know, SMBs won't, won't necessarily deal with. Um, so it gave me that extra perspective on how to approach that to begin with. Uh, but yeah, again, I think it's, uh, it's really understanding who you're talking to and, build your narrative from there. And how, and like your team at the moment that's focusing on this enterprise segment, how have you structured it? What, uh, like how many people do you have in it? How, what roles do you have? Who's reporting to you? How's that whole team structured? So uh, the enterprise marketing team reports to our VP of marketing, which at Monday, it's really interesting. He's also the VP of sales. That uh, is very convenient, I have to admit. And the way Monday is built, honestly, is um, in guilds. So we have, you know, a huge content team and huge design team, but they are allocated to different teams within the company. So for our team, the enterprise marketing team, we have product marketers like myself, and a few of uh, my colleagues, and we have few content writers. We have a designer, uh, we have our own video maker, 
we have another content writer who's just doing, you know, customer stories and advocacy and those things. And we work together as a team, even though, you know, the content writers are part of the content team, the designer is part of the design team. Uh, we work together as a team, we're very much aligned on, you know, our goals, KPIs, what we want to reach, where we want to be, how we want to help sales team to be better, do better, sell better. So it's, uh, I think it's a great structure to work with. Yeah, it must be quite kind of familiar. I mean, I, because it's, uh, you know, those type of roles are also in kind of news production and storytelling where your background comes from, you know, content writers and video producers and that type of thing. One of the roles that um, that I've seen debated a lot about where should it sit is the kind of role of the SDR or the BDR. Um, now, I see one of your favorite pieces of technology is Gong, which is a really, really important important piece of technology for um, coaching SDRs and BDRs. And yeah, that function could sit in marketing. Uh, it could sit in sales. It could sit in product marketing. I mean, you've got a VP here that shares sales and marketing, which I couldn't agree with more. But in terms of your SDR, BDR function, or your opinion on it, where do you think it should be sitting? So to begin with that Monday, they're part of the sales organization. But honestly, and I personally have a super close relationship with those teams, both, um, you know, in Israel and Australia and New York. Um, and we work together on a daily basis because like, they are our point of contact on a daily basis with our customers. They are the ones that are able to provide us, um, you know, with the most immediate feedback. And we want to make sure that from the very first touch point with our customers, we tell the right stories. We ask them the right questions. We understand if we're even able to qualify them based on the right uh, metrics that we think are the right ones for us and how we are able to help them. So in general, I think like there's no one single right answer on under where it should sit. Um, but I think the structure here works well for us, but not because it's officially part of the sales team. It's more about the fact that we work really hard on building those relationships. And it's hard in a global company because, and specifically in COVID, because we don't meet each other. Uh, we have a distributed team all over the world. And, and the key to success is really being able to use be in constant touch with them, get the feedback from them and vice versa, right? Like we train them on the right messaging, on the right narrative, on the right positioning. And that close relationship is the key to our success as the way I see it. So collaborating with a team that's all over the world, you know, that's got a lot of communication challenges there. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, to add to that, you told me that you don't actually use email. So I don't. <laughs> how how are you communicating with these people and actually coordinating such an important storytelling effort where you can't just fill their inbox with messages from product marketing that say say more of this, say less of this, uh, what a client saying? How are you? How are you communicating? Yeah, it's amazing. Like you know, I have all these friends who tell me how they literally work at zero inbox and they try to like get their inbox to constantly <laughs> being empty. I just don't have that challenge. And I think it's really thanks to Monday, like it's how we work and that platform really changed everything for me, not just being part of the company because all of us at Monday 
uses Monday for our day-to-day work. Um, so I think that's the magic of this platform. You, it centralizes everything into a single space that is just transparent and it encourages you to just really be able to communicate super easily with your peers, with your colleagues, wherever they are in the world. Everyone can see everything that's relevant for them, regardless to, you know, their time zones. And everything is always in context. Like I talk to people about a specific task that is in a specific board and I see everything in context and I have dashboards for everything I do. I have automations that um, do certain actions for me. Um, It just simplifies a lot of the processes of work processes for us. And really, like, I don't, I don't wake up in the morning and I don't check my email box because I don't need to, uh, which is amazing. But for, you know, more immediate communication, obviously, uh, we use Slack, we go on Zoom calls, like you can't avoid these things completely. But for everything that is pure work related, we just use Monday. So we don't, I don't use emails like my, all 90% of my communication is internally with my peers and colleagues. Mm-hmm. So we just use Monday and, and we hear that a lot from our customers, you know, like, yeah, I stopped sending emails like internally because we use Monday. And so, you know, you wake up in the morning, you don't have to roll over and refresh your inbox and see what emails <laughs> no. come in. So are you at the point where, you know, you're looking at something else when you wake up, you go into Monday and you look at your notification or your newsfeed or something like that, or do you have kind of a structured approach to your day that says, right, like I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do whatever, read the news and, and, and so on. Um, and then from 8.30 to 9, I'm going to check purchase orders that I need to approve. And then 9 to 10, I'm going to look at the gong calls that I've been tagged in that I'm going to look at like how do you actually then not miss things and I'm mean, like it's all good and well having the structured approach but what there, there must be some things that you don't foresee that you then need to do yeah so it's interesting I, I feel like I don't have that much of a structured you know I check my emails at 8 30 kind of routine but I really do believe in a healthy morning routine because it affects my entire day so first thing I don't check anything that is related to work on, you know, the first hour after I wake up, like at all, unless, you know, it's something urgent, but I, I wake up, I brush my teeth, I make my coffee. It's super important. There's like a whole, you know, ceremony around making my coffee. Um, I do 10 minutes of meditation every day. I sit in my balcony, listen to the birds, like for real, I'm, I'm really doing this. And mm. Because the rest of my day is so hectic, so busy, I need that, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour in the morning that is just for me to kind of breathe, start my day calmly. And then like, you know, on my way to work, I, it's, it's really nice actually, because I get to walk to my office. So it's nice. I usually either listen to podcasts or music. And then while I'm doing this, I'm like going over Slack, going over my Monday notifications because we have an app. So I get to see that on my phone. Um, then when I get to the office, you know, I just, I start my day and it, it really changes everything that you're just mm-hmm. not opening your eyes. And the first thing you see is like all these notifications and, you know, Slack messages and emails. And it's just like super stressful. And I like to just start my day differently. Uh, so I highly recommend. 
And so the, I mean, there are still notifications in Monday then. So you still have to review people have responded to your your tasks and that type of thing. So that so so although you're not managing that in email, you're managing that in, in Monday now. Yes, but you can control on when those notifications will pop up. So I'm not dealing with notifications in my morning. And I also do it like I can review it, but I'm not doing something active from my phone. So only when I get to my desk at the office, I open, you know, my computer, my laptop, and I start working from from my desktop. Um, and it's also really about like creating those healthy routines around work. Because I, if I'm like right now I'm walking to the office and I'm listening to something, I also want to be able to enjoy the people passing by, you know, saying hi to, you know, my coffee barista guy that I meet um, mm. every now and then. Just being present, being in the moment, because like mm. the rest of my day is just everything about around work and the tasks that I need to do and the notifications and it, it never ends right like there's even if I don't have that zero inbox I have you know notifications I have tasks I have tons of things I need to do but to to try and and detach that from my other parts of the day is super important for me and then when it comes to meetings and calendars I mean like you've got you're either using uh, Google Suite or using Outlook and people want to meet with you. Is there a replacement to the traditional way of managing a calendar and accepting invites and that type of thing? Or how do you manage that side of, of, of your job? So interesting. So at, at the beginning, we use G Suite here, but um, at the beginning, people would just set up meetings with me and I would just like automatically accept because I assume that it's important. Uh, but not all meetings are important. And now with like COVID, so you can't really just meet people for coffee or, you know, in the office. Then people just like bombard your schedule with tons of irrelevant Zoom meetings, <laughs> uh, which really takes out of my entire day sometimes. So the way I do things is I just like every week I go to my next week and I just block few hours of my day every day. And I just write down like, block for whatever if I have like a big project that I'm working on or just like block for work and then people just don't schedule meetings during that time and then I have you know few hours straight that I can focus and work um, and then people can you know set meetings with me in between so that's that's really helpful I think um, yeah. and in general like when I get invites to meetings I don't now I don't automatically accept. I'm like, do I really need this meeting? Can we replace it in Slack? Can we replace it over coffee or over lunch? If it's, you know, a colleague from Tel Aviv office. Um, mm. And it's just, uh, it saves so much time out of my day because we don't really need all these meetings. We don't. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know, one, one of the things that I recently did is I created a filter on the word accepted colon and declined colon. And those just go straight to trash. You know, just the effort of having to go in and clear my inbox of people that have accepted my invite or declined my invite is saving so much time. Um, so uh, sticking on Monday, I mean, uh, one of the other things that I've, I've seen uh, kind of a lot of people use Monday for is, is around kind of lead management, pipeline management. You've also worked with HubSpot. You've worked with Salesforce, you know, if you were to, if, if you had to kind of 
identify best use cases or when to use one or the pros and cons between Monday, Salesforce, HubSpot? Like, could you summarize that in a few, uh, few paragraphs? Yeah, I can try. <laughs> I think so. Like you said, we use all of them. We use Monday, we use HubSpot for other things. We use Salesforce for our sales organization internally. Um, but I think it, it really depends on, on what you need and the volume of your business and the volume of the leads coming in and how you need to manage them. For instance, we use HubSpot mostly for email nurturing, uh, not for lead management, because it works best for us. And we lean heavily on Salesforce for our lead management, but we also have a lot of supporting processes for our sales organization that exists in Monday. Um, but that is because we have a very high volume of leads on a daily basis. Um, some of our customers, for example, that does use Monday for um, CRM or lead management, they use us as, a, as an end-to-end -end solution. And it really depends on, you know, the volume of the leads, the type of business that you run, the type of interactions you need to do, uh, you need to have with those leads. Um, so it's really like a different, you need to like choose uh, the right platform for your needs and for your business. But in general, I think the company, and we also have integrations with all of these tools, right? So with HubSpot, um, with Salesforce, and with many, many others. Um, so it really helps to be able to connect different types of data to Monday, which centralizes everything. And that's just, you know, a specific workflow or a specific need that we have. Just like if we're doing um, lead nurturing, that it can connect to Monday to any other um, campaign management, events, any other marketing initiative that we're running, for example. Uh, same goes with sales. So I think it really depends to, mm. to the volume of your leads and, and your business type. Okay, you touched on it there. I was going to ask, um, you know, from a CRM perspective, so you, you've got kind of two roles. You've got your product marketing role, and then initially you were meant, meant to be running events. Um, so from a product marketing perspective, but also from an events perspective, how does each function actually use CRM? So that, that's a good question. And, and it, it's been a challenge for us because I think, you know, we used to do events in one way before COVID, mostly offline, to be honest. Um, and with COVID, we had to shift entirely into online, which is, a, again, a different volume of leads. Um in a different cadence and and from you know marketing perspective we we're not really touching the you know the leads funnel that goes into monday we have a lot of supporting processes like I, the one i've mentioned of like lead, lead nurturing and stuff like that but to be honest we we are trying to build the right integrations with monday and salesforce for all the leads that we're collecting from events let's say so for example, when we now run a webinar, um, after the webinar, we send, you know, attendees a feedback form. We want to hear how it's been for them, if they want to hear more about the new offering that we have around a specific solution, for example. And we use a Monday form for that. That data automatically um, transforms into a board. And on that board, Actually, the, the BDR teams and the SDRs are working on that board, which was originally um, a form because you, you can change your views on and, and view your data in, in many different ways. And after the SDR or BDR is working on that board, on all the leads, we combine an integration with Salesforce that connects to 
the rest of the process. You know, once an account executive comes into the picture, account manager, whatever. Um, so it's really connecting these tools together. And, and also, again, it's, uh, it's kind of like the magic of Monday. It allows you to, you know, send a form that transforms into a, a work plan that also eventually connects to tools like Salesforce that are, you know, enterprise level, very much complex and can handle a high volume of leads, for example. It sounds like, I, I know you launched the app marketplace, but it sounds like there's also a very easy way to do kind of custom integration and you kind of eating your own dog food in that sense. And that you, you know, you're saying like Monday is a workforce uh, or a work operating system. So your teams are all working from there, but it's pushing data into, into the apps. If I use the phone, phone analogy that you, you used. Yeah, obviously. I mean, we're, we, we, we believe in the vision that we have in the work OS, but we're not trying to replace any other tool that exists out there, right? Like we understand that some tools that are very, very dedicated to a specific needs. Also, by the way, Gong that solves you know a different need that our sales team have. Um, we just uh, we just connect to them and we allow people to get the data that they need more easily, to view it more easily, and it it just makes any work process a lot more easier and simple so so i want to go back to i mean you're you're speaking a little bit about the events and uh, your initial event strategy was to to sponsor i'm assuming digital events but that didn't really work out what happened there yeah so again you mentioned it earlier i was hired originally to lead our events marketing at monday and I signed the contract one month before COVID broke. And I was supposed to be to have like a vacation in Mexico. Obviously, it didn't happen. And then <laughs> to start my uh, new role at Monday. Um, and on my first day, I had a conversation with my new manager. And he told me like, listen, there's there are not going to be events as we planned this year. So we're kind of shifting you into product marketing, but you're still going to own events and We'll figure out how, how we're going to do that based on, you know, what will happen with this whole crazy COVID situation that we knew nothing about a year ago. So, you know, our first plan was we kind of took, you know, the original plan that we've had, which were a lot of offline events that just shifted into online events. So it was the same events that we've already had in our initial plan that is just now online. And we decided to sponsor, I think, something around nine or 10 events globally around the world and different topics for different industries. Very well-known events, I must say. Cost us a lot of money. We put a lot of effort in it. We've had, you know, speaking opportunities. And, and it, it didn't work. Like we, we just, I think the world, it was too early for the world to understand that, you know, this is how we roll from now on, um, or at least for the near future. And it was really hard for people to like engage over Zoom. And it was a lot, you know, overloaded with information and too many sessions. And it was, it just, it didn't work well for us. Uh, we looked at the numbers after doing that for like three months and putting a lot of money and effort into it. And the numbers weren't, like we're far from great. So we were like, okay, we need to rethink about this whole event plan. And do we want to continue doing this? Do we need to do something else? Because, you know, again, that was the original plan and, and the world 
changed around us and we understood that we need to change with it as well. <laughs> so you speak here about needing to track events. Um, and well, at least from your tracking, you saw that they weren't working. And then you know, you, we've just gone through kind of your use of Monday and HubSpot and Salesforce. So I'm interested, like, where would you be tracking where these events are working, uh, whether they're working or not? I mean, like, your data is in three different places, and there must be revenue data in Salesforce. There's like kind of lead scoring and that type of thing, probably in HubSpot. There's people that maybe have re- registered or you know signed up for something uh, at the event in, in Monday. So how does that all come together into a report that you can actually say that these events, the sponsorship didn't work for us? It was part of the challenge. It was, it was really, really hard to track all this information and a lot of moving parts all the time. And it's not just one or two events, right? Like there are, you know, we've had around 10 of them. Um, and it was, it was part of the problem. And this is why after doing this for three months and completely failing, we've decided to take, you know, a different angle to this and, and lead with Monday led events. And that way, when we were able to, you know, control the entire event end to end, start to finish, it was just easier for us to do it because it was a Monday event. We were able to, you know, start from the very beginning with, you know, using Monday. And then just like I mentioned before that, all the information was living in a Monday board um, that connected automatically to Salesforce. And that transformation was good, not only from, you know, tracking the data in that perspective, it was also good from, you know, being able to control the content, not needing to lean on any third party that we need to like wait for the leads to get from them. And we can actually, you know, engage with our audience live and right after that. So shifting into that strategy, I think was um, very smart. And after doing that, we started to seeing more more and more successes around that. So it worked. That's really, really interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, speaking to so many people when they have like those data data in so many places, it is difficult to, to measure and get quick insight. But it sounds like you are an expert at pivoting from, a, you know, creating narrative, pivoting from coming into events and taking on product marketing. And, and so I suppose to end things off for, for today, I, like I always ask for kind of some words of wisdom you can, you can leave with our listeners. Like what would you do thing differently? Or, you know, you've given us some great wisdom around kind of your morning routine, but if you were to kind of leave us with one thing, like what would that thing be? So I think, and this is uh the thing I always have in mind, and I think really, it, it's a really huge part of my career path in general is, um, you know, how we have FOMO, the fear of missing out on things. I feel like when it comes to professional life and our career, we have a lot of time kind of fear of failing out. <laughs> That's like a thing. And we are constantly, you know, afraid of like, what if I'm going to do that and I'll fail? What if I'm not a good enough of a marketer? What if like, I've never done product marketing? How, how am I supposed to like do that? And I think once you change again, that narrative, that story we tell ourselves about, I'm most likely going to fail. And we just understand that failing is part of the process and it's inevitable, right? Like all of us have failed, will fail in the future. It's part of how we learn, part of how we get better. And when you just eliminate that from the process, 
and you just accept that it's going to come either way, it just makes things so much easier. And that's, I think, what helped me to pivot all the time because I wasn't afraid. I wasn't scared of trying new things. I realized that if I'm not going to have all the answers, I will ask someone who might have the answers. I will try to learn new things on my own. And that's, I think, kind of like the secret sauce of how to do a lot of new things all the time and push ourselves constantly from our comfort zone. And I think once you just, you're not afraid of failing, it's A, easier and B, makes it a lot more interesting. I couldn't agree more. I'm like, I am a huge fan of the concept of digital maturity. And I see, you know, companies that are a lot more digitally mature recognize that they need to test, they need to experiment. They might have a great idea, but maybe it doesn't resonate with their, with their customers. Um, and so, you know, when you hire an agency, a consultancy, that type of thing, or an employee, you, know, you need to, you can't think of like, well, I'm going to launch a campaign and it's going to be perfect from day one. And, you know, it's just going to bring in tons of leads as an example. You, you just need to constantly learn, A-B test, use artificial intelligence, like try things, throw things away, start again. I couldn't agree more. I think that is such good advice. Uh, thank you so much for that. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, uh, that brings us to an end to today. Thanks uh, so much for joining me today on Digital Surfing. Really, really appreciate it and hope to hear from you again soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was great. And thank you for anyone who listened to us. We'll